All right, welcome back to another edition of the Buzz on Business. I'm your host, Gabe Tiefenthaler, and we're here with... Rachel Brown. Hey, Gabe. Hi, it's nice to see you. It's crazy to be on the other side of this table. Yeah, used to used to be an interviewer. I know, I'll let you take control, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no worries. No. Um, all right, so we'll just start off. Uh, if you'll just give us a brief skim of kind of your resume, who you are, where you're from. Um, yeah, sure thing. So I, I grew up in Stillwater, so I'm, I'm definitely born and raised bleeding orange kind of a gal. Um, but yeah, I came to OSU for my undergrad in 2016. I studied entrepreneurship and management. I was one of those rare birds that never changed my major from day one. I knew I wanted to be some kind of entrepreneur. I didn't know what kind of entrepreneur. Um, just kind of stumbling into that throughout um, along the way. And then graduated 2020. So made the good decision to stay <laughs> for another two years and get my MBA, which I just graduated with. Yeah. Uh, so you said you're from Stillwater. Was there kind of any other question of going somewhere other than OSU or is it always in the back of your head that you're going to OSU? Good question. I wanted to leave town. Mm -hmm. I originally wanted to kind of get out, have my own adventure. I really liked University of Arkansas was like high on my radar. Um, but essentially, OSU dangled some really nice scholarships in front of me. And I said, OK, fine. <laughs> uh, but I, I can't imagine having made a different decision now that I've been here for six years and all the opportunities I've had. I've, I'm so grateful that this, this this is how it's turned out. Yeah, I just couldn't quite say no to the in-state tuition. <laughs> it, it was too nice. Yeah, too good of an opportunity. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we'll kind of get into you know, what you did while you were at OSU, yeah. whether that be undergrad or MBA. And so while at OSU, you started a startup called Strides. Yeah. Um, but also during your MBA, you decided to take on another. Yeah. Uh, could you kind of <laughs> give us a little explanation about uh, Strides and Titan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One one company wasn't enough, I guess. But uh, <laughs> in 2018, which was my junior year, I started a company called Strides, which over the years changed and evolved, but it ended up being a an app um, for mental and physical wellness that really helps users that are struggling with their mental health to improve their overall wellness through the proven benefits of physical activity. And so I worked on that from 2018 still to now and, you know, had, you know, built prototypes, wireframes, gone through the whole business competition circuit <laughs> and, you know, raised funds for that company and I'm still working on it. But then last fall, so fall of 2021, I took a class called CIE Scholars with David Thomason, and he put me on a team with these two founders out of Tulsa, one guy who was finishing his MBA, another who was a professional working for McKesson, and they had this really neat software idea to automate the process of patient referrals for specialty clinics. And these are both really technical guys, super smart, no computers, no software, but it took me about a month to understand what the business was because <laughs> yeah. they kept using jargon and acronyms that were so above my head as a non-technical person. And so when we went to pitch in the OSU pitch and poster competition, I essentially, what they not, they like to say is I translated the tech speak to human speak and actually was able to get the business across in 90 seconds yeah. or less. Yeah. And they smartly realized that they needed me and <laughs> asked me to join the team full time. And I have. And since then, it's been so great. I've loved working with them and we have just a ton of momentum behind that business. And so yeah. it's it's been a really exciting journey. And that's what I'll be working on full time now that I've graduated. Yeah. 
So you you kind of stepped into a role that the the other two needed in terms of kind of managing the business and the yeah. business ventures and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and and they they're they're business smart too, but they definitely speak the technical language, and mm-hmm. so I can come in. Um, be able to communicate it and really focus on marketing and sales and understanding the customer and the problem and be able to, I can talk to the front desk workers at a clinic. I can also talk to the doctors or I can talk to an investor who is not at all in healthcare. I can talk to, I can also talk to the technical people who need to have a basic understanding of what the the technology does. Um, But that's, that's definitely a lot of like the, the background that I bring into the team and being the only one of us who's really had an entrepreneurial experience ahead of that. So yeah. I, you know, I've gone through so many of these early steps with strides that I can kind of bring in this entrepreneurial expertise of just like, what do we need to do to start a gotcha. business? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, it seems like you got a lot on your plate there running two just businesses while <laughs> finishing your MBA, which is very impressive. Uh, but you also mentioned that you love to travel. Yeah. Um, could you tell us a little about your travel experience where you've been? Uh, oh. if, to my understanding, you've been to 31 countries. 31 countries wow. and adding a few more this summer. Yeah, I developed a love for travel really young. I traveled a lot domestically. Um, my dad would take me on trips to national parks, so I definitely fell in love with discovering new places. And it was an el- it was a middle school teacher that first, it was my like world history teacher, um, she talked about Venice and Italy and just like Love seeing Venice. the first pictures, I was like, I have to go mm-hmm. here. So I, for from middle school through junior high, did bake sales, babysat, did garage sales, lemonade stands. I saved and pinched pennies so that I could like pay for my own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my mom and I ended up going on that trip. And ever since then, I've like just been in love with traveling. Mm-hmm. So I did that family trip, another family trip to Europe. I did this one of the, as I mentioned, you know, coming to OSU, I kind of wanted to go elsewhere perhaps. So maybe a condition of coming to OSU is that I'm also going to go away for a semester. And so I went to study in Edinburgh, Scotland for a semester. I did that my sophomore year. Absolutely loved the long-term travel and really getting to live in a place was really exciting. So I did that opportunity. I had another study abroad opportunity through Spears with the scholar leader group. So I went in summer 2019 on a 10-day trip to, to Thailand, then decided 10 days was not long enough. So I stayed in Southeast Asia pretty much the rest of the summer and traveled for about three months in Asia. And then, of course, had to make my way back to Scotland um, before I came home since, you know, it's just on the way. Uh, so I really love traveling 2020 and 2021. And ever since then, pandemic has been a little hard on my passport, but I'm excited to get back to Europe this summer for for a six-week trip. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, are you one to travel alone and kind of see all the places yourself, or do you like to have a companion with you? I can. I, I love traveling by myself, but I, I also, you know, I think there's a huge value to traveling with people. It's just different experiences, you know, traveling with people you already know is really, really great. And it's so fun to share those experiences with someone. Cause sometimes if you're traveling by yourself, you can have this incredible moment and then sit there and realize like no one's having that moment with you. And there's something about adding that shared experience, but traveling solo I often found that I wasn't really alone. I met other solo travelers yeah. and again, and, yeah, I, I'm traveling in a style that's like in hostels and <laughs> hanging out, like really social with other like solo backpackers and things like that. So I never felt like truly alone, but there were definitely moments where I was like, oh, my mom would love this. Or <laughs> I really wish like my friend Gabe would be able to see this or something. And so there's a huge value to both. Um, and so this summer, I'm glad I'll get to be doing a a little bit of each of those styles again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a huge value to experiencing something on your own and having like full control over where you go and what you do and you know 
you don't have anyone else to factor into a decision. So having at least one experience like that in your lifetime is really, really special. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a whole new community with solo travelers. Um, and yeah. they're, they're kind of a different breed of travelers. Cause I myself am not a huge traveler. I'd like to be one one day, but, um, I, as the solo travelers that go around, they take it pretty seriously and they're pretty cool. Uh, kind of going back to OSU, what is uh, one thing you wish you'd known before coming to school? Um, and you can do that before undergrad as well as before MBA. Yeah, that's such a good question. I I came into college thinking that I was going to have a certain kind of experience. I was going to, I imagine, you know, getting plugged into a certain group of friends and that was the direction I was headed. And, you know, I'd heard all these like wonderful stories of like, oh my gosh, this is where you meet your bridesmaids. This is where, you know, you find your forever friends. And um, I thought that that could only exist in one place. And so I really tried to force myself into it when after two years realized that you can have that kind of community anywhere. And I think as soon as I stopped forcing myself into what I expected my college experience was going to be and actually just let it happen is when I really found the community that was my forever friends and, you know, my greatest support system. And I'm so, so thankful for that. But I, it would have been nice to maybe learn that lesson a couple years earlier. Um, and my little sister is about to come to OSU for her freshman year. So I'm trying to think of like what, what I would say to her. And it's just to kind of be flexible and let college happen and not try and force fit yourself into any anything even if that's what you thought it might be yeah absolutely because personally when I came to college you had that mindset Mm -hmm. like oh I need to meet all these people I need to branch out and do all these things whereas um you know going into my senior year uh kind of letting it happen naturally Mm -hmm. um is so much easier and so much better for just mental health and finding that friend group and everything um so while your time at OSU, you've worked in the Riata Center for uh, nearly four years, Yeah, um, which we love the Riata Center. We love it here. Gotta love it. What has the Riata Center been like for you? <laughs> Just the best. Um, you know, I, again, I got, I kind of did a few Riata Center events in my freshman and sophomore year, but again, the study abroad and everything coming back, it was, I got really plugged in my junior year when I started working for the Riata Center. That's also when I had the idea for Stride. So I got extra plugged into all of our different events, competitions, the Riata Startup Experience Program, and both between my bosses and my coworkers found a support system I didn't even know that I needed and went through some difficult things throughout you know, the end of undergrad and through the MBA program, we all experienced a pandemic together. Um, but then other just like several like personal things. And I can't imagine not having had those people to support and not, not just support like me as a student and me as a student entrepreneur, which I absolutely got from everybody, but also the personal support of people who just like really, really cared about you as an individual. And it's just been the best four years. And I, can't imagine not having had that while I was here. Absolutely. And you kind of briefly mentioned it there, but the Riata Center offers lots of competitions. Um, and throughout your time in the Riata Center, you have not missed one of those competitions. So. <laughs> yeah, they probably got annoyed with my application coming through every single time, um, <laughs> mostly because I wasn't able to work the competition at that point. Yeah, <laughs> so they yeah. lost a student employee for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did every pitch and poster, every business plan competition, virtual, in person, and everything in between. And just loved it so much. I get so energized by being around other entrepreneurs and 
get so excited about not the fact not just the fact that I'm creating something and need support and want community in that in that sense but also just get excited about what my peers are doing and you know I have said this in some of my like student coachings as like a student as a um, student employee at the Riata Center but I really think the Riata Center has this great mindset that like students can accomplish anything like we can create unicorn businesses or or anything and they're just here to provide the resources to do that and I was just wanted to be a sponge of all of those resources throughout the years and so I did every competition I got plugged in with uh, my business mentor David Thomason who's a professor of entrepreneurship here and he put me on the whole like country and international circuit essentially (laughs) where I went up to Massachusetts I would have gone to Toronto if it hadn't been a pandemic but I got to do all these really incredible competitions all around the country and pitch the business continue to like refine it and chisel away at it because that was really the process that competitions helped me a it gave me deadlines to meet which is important um but it also really helped me like refine the business and getting feedback of judges and the people who helped me prepare for those pitches and those competitions was really critical. I can't, you know, strides would not be where it is and Titan wouldn't be where it is without those processes. Yeah. Yeah. And just a month or so ago, you went all the way to Princeton to do a competition. That's true. Yeah. Titan and our team, we went to the finals at Princeton, which was super epic. Um, just getting to go to that historic campus and be, it was, it was so funny. And this is something I found with a lot of these competitions. It's like, all right, from John Hopkins University, from Harvard, yeah. from Princeton, and from Oklahoma State. And we're like, yeah, folks, <laughs> like represent. Um, so I think we always have, you know, the most fire, at least under us. We're ready to be the underdogs and, yeah. and prove ourselves. Yeah. And you, uh, just for the viewers at home, uh, Strides was ineligible for one of our business plan competitions <laughs> because it had already won too much money. But True. Rachel found <laughs> Rachel found a way to still be in the competition with her second business, Titan. Yep. Um, so how, how those like kind of competitions kind of you, you mentioned it earlier, but like you say, you're not an overly competitive person. Um, yeah. And so how how do the like why do you love those competitions so much? Yeah, I'm really I'm really not super competitive. I mean, obviously, who doesn't love winning? But yeah. I'm also not someone who's like devastated if if I don't place first or something but I I do I love just being around it and being surrounded by entrepreneurs and I love kind of listening to and evaluating other businesses in the same way that they're turning around and listening to my business and getting to you know there are a lot of things in our world that can be disheartening or you know things aren't going the way we want it to go or there's a lot of bad things going on but I feel like when I go to these competitions and I just see the innovation of people creating solutions to problems is what makes me so hopeful for our future and hopeful that we're going to be creating a better world. And that just leaves me so excited and happy that even if I don't take first, like it's still something I love being around. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great mindset to have. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break to let you all know about RallyPoint. So RallyPoint is an innovative accelerator that propels nonprofit and social entrepreneurs with the resources and knowledge needed to have a huge social impact. Participants will receive four weeks of training on Wednesdays and Fridays covering nonprofit topics such as nonprofit leadership, program evaluation, startup fundraising, and so many more. For more information, come visit us at the Riata Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship located in Spears Business Room 130 or talk to one of our student ambassadors or our staff. 
You can also visit us online at business.okstate.edu forward slash Riata for registration and other events. Um, so what is one thing you would say to young entrepreneurs uh, that are trying to balance school and work and uh, personal life and a startup all at once? Because obviously you did that <laughs> being an undergrad and MBA, balancing your friends as well as two startups and working at the Riata Center. Yeah, I tried to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Keyword is try. Um, it, advice to you know students who are in this a similar situation is just know that you won't always get it right. I mm. certainly didn't always get it right because it, it's a lot. You know, you have competing priorities, competing deadlines, things that even though they might not be as important to you, they still get pushed up to the top of the pile, the, the to do list because they have to be there, and that can be really difficult to wrestle with like mentally for yourself I know you know I always had a really hard time because I loved working on the business and it's what I wish I could be doing full-time it's a, I wish it was the only thing on my to-do list yeah. at times but that simply wasn't life yeah. at, the, at those at those moments and I just having to realize that there's a indirect work that you can do on your business even if your business has to be put on the back burner yeah for personal reasons, family reasons, school, work, whatever other competing priorities there are. By working towards those other things, you can still be productive because you're working on yourself mm -hmm. and you're working on your own diligence, your own determination, resilience, and those things end up benefiting the business in the long run. And at the core of it, like you have to stay a sane person. <laughs> you have to take care of your own emotional and mental well-being to have the capacity at all to, yeah. to turn back to the business at some point. Like Strides was put on the back burner for about a year. Part of it was pandemic. Part of it was family reasons. And I really had a hard time with, I felt so guilty for putting Strides in the back burner that I wasn't doing the work on it that I wanted to. I wanted to work on it, but I, I didn't have the spare capacity. And it was talking to another OSU alumna entrepreneur, Courtney Brooks with Tinge, that she she put it into these words that I, I needed. And it was that even if I'm not working on strides, I'm building resilience for strides later on. And that gave me a lot of relief that I didn't know I needed. And so finding balance, it just won't always happen. But you know it's a priority to you. And you know, I always kind of put things in perspective of five, 10 years from now, what am I going to look back and wish I had spent more time doing? And it's probably not going to be staring at an Excel spreadsheet. It's going to be doing the things that make memories and last and what really drives a business forward or drives your you know, career forward and builds relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of mentioned it uh, briefly there, but creating a startup and running a business, there's not always a set due date for those <laughs> things. Um, and whereas with school and work, there are set due dates that you have. You have this assignment due on Sunday night or you have this work assignment that you have to get done before next Friday. Um, so how is managing the no due dates with that? I wish I could sit here and tell you that I'm like super good at it and that I'm just like, oh, I, I'm so like self-determined. I can set myself a goal and meet it. I, I don't. I, I need accountability. I need someone or something giving me a hard deadline to get things done in. And that's where the Riata Center has been really helpful because it being part of the Riata Startup Experience Program, doing these competitions, I have someone else that I'm held accountable to yeah. that is expecting me to finish a business plan and turn it in or have them review it. When I was part of the summer 
accelerator every Friday. I would talk to Chad and I had to tell him what I did that week and set tell him what I was planning to do next week. And that helped keep me on track to 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 do all those things and set deadlines for myself. Even if it's something as small as, you know, say you have a potential investor emailing them saying, yeah. Hey, next week, next Monday, I'm gonna get you a term sheet. So that way. You better have a term sheet by next Monday. <laughs> yeah. Give yourself a deadline because someone else is now expecting something from you. And that would always help me kind of stay more on target. But if I just kind of set something in my own little calendar, probably not going to happen. It's too easy to push back to other yeah. things. Um, so you kind of have to make sure you have accountability. Yeah, absolutely. I should be taking notes <laughs> over here um, on that. Uh, yeah, it, just one last little question. What was that? aha moment that you had um, whether that be in high school or in your first few years here at undergrad that you wanted to be an entrepreneur like you wanted to start businesses and run businesses oh that really takes me back that's a great question so when i was in high school i worked at a small running store here in stillwater that unfortunately isn't here anymore but i and i was just kind of a fill-in person whenever the the owner because he was a one-man operation he he did everything whenever he was on you know vacation with his family over the summer like i'd I'd step in for two weeks and i just fell in love with a the amount of control you can have over again i i wasn't the entrepreneur but i saw you know he he could set up his business however he wanted to he could run the hours he wanted to he could create the customer experience he wanted to and that's something i really noticed was so different between maybe a box office store or something versus his customers loved him and the business because he ran it with such integrity and with such personal care. Again, like he really took the time to understand the value that he was bringing to the community and seeing how differently it impacted people. Because people would come in while, again, while I was there, and they'd be like, oh, like, where's the, where's the owner? Like, where, where's the dog? Like, all this kind of stuff. And I'd be like, oh, they're not here. They're like, oh. So I, it, so much of the business was him and the way that he brought value to customers. And I just fell in love with the idea that I could also create, create value out of nothingness. Yeah. You know, not just work for someone else and get a paycheck and do what they tell you to do, um, but actually create something out of nothing and to see how that impacted people and so you know every business i've been a part of strides now titan what i am driven by is the fact that this is going to help somebody and that i get to play a big role in how that impacts somebody else and the value that it brings to them and how it improves their life absolutely that's awesome i love to hear that um so we always finish out our podcasts oh, yes. with some quick <laughs> fire <laughs> lightning round questions. So prepare yourself. Are okay. you ready? Ready. All right. Dogs or cats? Dogs. TV shows or movies? Movies. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Why? Uh, well, I literally have it tattooed on myself. First of all, <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I, I love it like adventure and like really pushing myself and I enjoy a beach, but I feel like I get bored at a beach because mm. I can only lounge for so long. I agree. But I love pushing myself and you know sweating up the side of a mountain that yes. i can then say i i tackled a 14 or in colorado or whatever and um i just am so much more drawn to the mountain i grew up going to the mountains more than the beach for starters i don't think i saw the beach until i was like 10 years old wow i know right um but i i definitely am very much drawn to the mountains mm, gotcha uh favorite pizza topping pepperoni just classic mm, good one favorite music artist i really love ben rector um but really anything that's just like 
I, I call it like coffee shop music, mm-hmm. just really chill vibes, nice uplifting stuff. But I, I can listen to just about anything and or, vibe with it. Yeah. Remind me to follow you on Spotify. Oh, this. yeah. <laughs> uh, one place you want to travel that you haven't been to yet. Oh, that I haven't been to? I, I won't count places I'm going this summer, but I would love to do like a three month, like a, at least more than a month trip that does Spain, Portugal, and Morocco mm. and just like really spend like good time there. Yeah. Not just like a quick, like one week, two week vacation. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I feel like I haven't been anywhere like that before and I'm just so, so intrigued by it. So I would love to kind of do a Spain portugal morocco trip mm-hmm. that's see that's where we differ there you said mm. uh not just a short one to two week <laughs> vacation that's a long vacation for me um, but uh, all right and last uh you do jokes for the riata center every mm-hmm. single week uh, and we have them on a chalkboard out in the front so i want you to give me a joke on the spot right now your favorite best dad joke of all time okay this is this is a really good one i've actually i thought about putting this on the chalkboard for like my final the final joke (laughs) um but i wasn't sure it was gonna fly but we have a pretty entrepreneurial audience here so i think it'll work um it's kind of a dad joke but it's kind of more of a pickup line Mm. um best the best of both worlds (laughs) the best of both worlds uh so uh uh gabe do you uh invest small amounts of money into your friend's startups because uh you look like an angel (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank man. you thank to, you to, to the listeners who don't know what that is an angel investor is a term <laughs> for entrepreneurial students That's, i um, thought it might be a little too niche but it's it's too good to pass up oh, especially was, in, in was, this setting it was very very good <laughs> all right well thank you very much rachel um do you have anything else you want to say no just i mean thank you gabe but this has just been the best experience being part of the riata center and getting mm-hmm. to do this podcast so I'm, I'm very very honored to now get to be a good alumna felt weird to be on the other side so weird (laughs) (laughs) good well we are very thankful for your time here and thankful that you could be on this podcast uh we love you we're gonna miss you thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the buzz on business make sure to follow the riata center on instagram and twitter at riata center and the spear school of business on instagram facebook twitter and linkedin to keep up with everything business tune in next week when dalton and dean eastman take the podcast outside of the business building